Hi, Shalene. My name is Susan Salgado, and I'm coming to you from San Jose, California. And I just listened to episode 331 on Build Your Tribe. I have to tell you that just listening to this 20-minute podcast has given me so much information. It really hit home, and I have gathered a lot of the golden nugget from this episode. What you mentioned about the content, that is something that I'm going to start putting into practice. And now I understand why I haven't been successful about it. Thank you so much. You guys are the best and you really are the bomb.com. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. So today, we're going to talk to an entrepreneur. And if you've ever like wondered about multi-level marketing or thought to yourself, you know, that's something that people who aren't true entrepreneurs get started with, this episode will definitely change your mind. Like Ray Higdon is my guest today, and he is someone who is a true entrepreneur. He was very successful in real estate, had many entrepreneurial successes before finding himself, get this, over a million dollars in debt in 2008. I told him, like, I don't think I've had a guest on my show that's had that much debt before. So I was really excited to dig into this and understand how it was network marketing and being with 11 different network marketing organizations in a very short period of time actually helped him to rebuild an empire and develop a completely separate brand identity. In fact, Ray is known as one of the top authorities when it comes to network marketing, like not just in his network marketing organization because he has since retired from that, but now what he does is he teaches other people and other organizations how to build a personal brand and how to be successful at this from an entrepreneur's perspective, if you will. He's the founder and CEO of Higdon Group. He's been featured on Inc. 500 as one of America's fastest growing companies. He's a best-selling author. He's a dad. He's super funny. He does great vocal impersonations. And he's a very in-demand speaker, as you can imagine. He's shared the stages with some greats like Tony Robbins, Rachel Hollis, Les Brown, Brendan Burchard, Robert Kiyosaki, Bob Proctor, Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, all the big names. He's got two podcasts. One is the Home Business Profits podcast. And the second one is called Meet the Higdons. And it's a show he does with his wife, Jessica. It's a newer show. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Like, I just love his energies. He's no BS. He's just a straight shooter. And I have to tell you, even though I don't personally have a network marketing downline, I don't have a business in network marketing, I took away so many valuable things that I can apply to my own business just by listening to Ray. Like I was super inspired and couldn't wait to tell my husband about some of the ideas I had after chatting with Ray today. So I know even if you're not in network marketing, 
you will definitely have major takeaways from this episode. Okay, here we go. Ray, super excited to have you on the show today. I've got a million questions. Let's do it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, before we started, we talked a little bit about your background. And so the one thing I've never had anyone to my knowledge who's been on the show who was further in debt than Brett and I were. We were at one point nearly (laughs) half a million dollars. I think it was like $467,000 in debt. But I understand you at one point were a million dollars in debt. Yes. (laughs) Did you file for bankruptcy? You know, I did not. And maybe I should have. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, you know, me and a, a partner had really over leveraged our Florida real estate to buy rental properties. And man, on paper in 2004, 2005, we're rocking it. I mean, it was awesome. And then when the market changed and rents dipped to ridiculous levels, yeah, I got wiped out. What year was that? So the market in Florida started really going down July of 2007. Mm -hmm. And we kept actually rocking for a little bit. And then it was probably about the mid 2008. Nothing was closing. Nothing was working. Everything was just splashing upon the shore. And it was rough. So went through personal foreclosure, went through a divorce, went through all kinds of stuff. And it was tough times for sure. Is that when you looked at the opportunity of network marketing? Well, when I was focused on real estate, my actually real estate partner introduced me to network marketing. And at first I'm like, eh, I don't do those things and no thanks. And, and then I, I met some people that were like making a lot of money. And I'm like, wow, really? Y'all are making a lot of money off this? It's kind of perplexing to me because I was mm-hmm. used to high risk buying rental properties in the ghetto, buying single family homes, duplexes, triplexes. So I was like, man, that's so weird. Like you guys have so little risk and so little overhead. This is strange. And you're making $10,000 a month or more or whatever. That's crazy. And so I got into it, into network marketing in February of 2006. I was focused on real estate, but I kind of saw that, you know, this might be cool. I had a lot of weird issues with uplines, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. I'm a kind of a maverick marketer, you know, especially back then I didn't get duplication. I thought, man, y'all don't know marketing. I know marketing. (laughs) And, and so I was doing my own thing and, you know, what they said to me was probably more accurate than not, but it was the way it was delivered. I was made to be an example. So they chastised me and made me the black sheep, even though I was the number two star maker out of 600,000 people. When you say they, is that in reference to your upline or the from the top? Upline. Because I didn't understand duplication, I never got to like where the owners like knew me or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the upline, the upline mm-hmm. was just like, hey, you know, he's not following the system, which don't buck the system. Yes. And you know what? I see the wisdom in it now. I understand it, but just the way it was handled. That's okay. that's you know, it, it actually helped me greatly because later on, a few years later, I would rejoin network marketing in 2009. And I had some, like, I thought I was a maverick marketer. I had some crazy marketers and I knew how to handle them. Like I knew not to chastise them, not to call them out, to love on them and be there for them. You know, Hey, I'm here to help you. And I know you do things differently. It actually greatly helped me. It made me a lot of money by learning that lesson the hard way. Let's start if we can first, because I want to keep that person who's listening 
who was mm-hmm. you before, the person who's like, network marketing, come on, I'm a real yeah. entrepreneur. You know, right. isn't that the stuff where you're posting about your oils or your makeup brushes? Right. Isn't, you know, right. isn't that for people who, who really don't have their own thing? And isn't that very salesy? So take us, if you can, address that person who's like, yeah, network marketing, no thanks. Totally. I, I totally get it. I used to be one of them. And I've met a lot of entrepreneurs that, that think that way, unfortunately. And so how we look at, at network marketing is it's the lowest risk, lowest overhead way for the average ordinary person to start a business. You don't have to learn funnels. You don't have to learn supply chain management, currency and conversion. You don't have to convert your IRA. You don't have to invest in tens of thousands of dollars of coaching. Like, you know, anyone anywhere can just plug people in if they, you know, and if they do it correctly and build a serious business. I know people that didn't finish high school that have made millions and millions of dollars in network marketing. They could not operate a restaurant. They could not operate a website. They could not do digital training at all. But they can tell people, hey, are you open to take a look at what I got? And so that's something that, you know, I try to share with people. So, you know, I think years ago, the word entrepreneur meant you were unemployed. And it was like, oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. You're an entrepreneur. <laughs> but there was something that happened in the mainstream at, that changed that, which was Shark Tank. And so if you look at Shark Tank, you got these dreamers, these people that, you know, have converted their basements to make almond butter cookies, or they've invested their IRA to start their belt buckle company or whatever, right? And they go on there, they pitch their idea, they give up a huge percentage of their business. And that is great, but not everyone has those kind of resources. Not everyone has the creativity. So the person that would like love to make extra money or have that freedom Right, right, or have that freedom, right? Or, you know, maybe they don't want to Uber or they don't have a great idea for a business. Network marketing will actually teach you the prospecting, the closing, the follow up, all of the different things that you would need anyway for any business. And you can have for a very low risk, low overhead way, you can have a business. Now, some would argue and say, hey, that's not a business, dude. You don't own it. Well, I sold mine. I sold my mm-hmm. position and I got a pretty hefty, you know, paycheck for that. Okay, a couple of things I want to go into real quick. First of all, you know, we talk real here, so I'm going to ask the questions that the audience has, which is, okay, but then then why are so few people, you know, and that's a statistic, why are so few people actually successful at network marketing? And then I want to circle back to the what you just mentioned about selling sure. your business, sure. a network marketing yeah. business. Well, yeah, sure. So two things there. One The people that usually analyze is someone successful or not, Mm -hmm. they look at one criteria and that's income. Yep. How much did they make? For sure. Well, there are people that have been in network marketing for 25 years that have never made a dime that would never leave because they love it. Now, there are in when we teach culture, we teach that there's three categories of desire. There are 80 percenters. And an 80 percenter has a desire of zero to five hundred dollars a month. They want to they want to hang out. They want to belong like they do the the book club or the dart league or the bowling league or whatever. They just don't have a high level of desire to make a ton of money. Fifteen percent want to make two to three thousand dollars a month. Only five percent want to make twenty five thousand dollars or more a month. The thing is, the five percenters are always the most vocal, but they're only five percent. And so if as a leader, when we train leaders, we tell them that, hey, if you think all the people in your company that aren't making money aren't happy, 
then you're a one trick pony and you need to understand that there's other value. There's relationships, there's events, there's community, there's camaraderie. I mean, hell, we wouldn't want to analyze podcasters on how many podcasters make money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Because it would probably be about the same percentage. Oh, and lower. The, but the, right. But the other thing is, it is so low barrier to entry. Absolutely. Like, you know, like for me, part of me wishes that it was 50 G's to join a network marketing company, but then the average ordinary person couldn't do it, but it would have a higher level of success. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because it's so serious, I mean, most people they're joining for a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, that's less than podcasting equipment. And it's something that they can plug into a system and not have to invent something for sale, not have to come up with an ebook or a digital course or anything. They just simply point to a tool and say, Hey, you open to taking a look. Mm -hmm. And that's all they got to do. As any other kind of entrepreneur, you have to create from the ground up. You have to create everything. You got to know, okay, how am I going to handle my merchant account? How am I going to handle refunds? Who do I hire for support? Who's going to troubleshoot the server backups? Like all that stuff. Network marketers don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So there's always going to be a low percentage of quote unquote income success mm -hmm. because there's a percentage of people that are going only for the money and there's a percentage that aren't. Now, that doesn't mean that there are people that try that don't succeed, but geez, 95% of all small businesses fail too, but okay. no one calls that a scam. I mean, look at all the people who play Pop Warner that never make it to pro football. That would, right. Is that also a scam, right? And so it does take work. So that's how I look at it. If you were to ask me, can anyone be a successful entrepreneur? The marketer in me might say yes, if they have the right tools, if they have sure. if they have the Marketing Impact Academy, for sure they could be successful. Right. The philosopher right. in me, though, and that's who I <laughs> want to speak to you right now, the philosopher in me has been playing with this idea a lot. And like, why do some people have all of the tools, all of the resources, all of the necessary things that they need to be successful. Why isn't that person successful? And that's regardless of whether we're talking right. network marketing or True. or marriage or business. Like what is it that some people have that doesn't have anything to do with the tool? What is yeah. that thing? I mean honestly, the only answer I can come up with for that mm -hmm. is that one person does the work. I read yep. um yep. this yep. was in I think Forbes, maybe, or Fortune, I don't know, one of, the, one of those. This comedian was on stage, and he came backstage, and he sees Jerry Seinfeld, and he's like, Jerry, oh my God, you're my idol. He's like, hey, you know, do you have any tips for us, you know, struggling comics? We're trying to be like you. And he said, yeah, you know, it's real simple. Just get yourself a big desk calendar <laughs> and write jokes every day for at least an hour a day, and every day you do that, put an X through that day, and create a daisy chain of X's that never ends. And that's what I've been doing every day for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I really agree. It's like, it, it is that simple. People want it to be a magic bullet right. or a special right. opportunity or that one time when someone gave you a shout out or the right. timing right. when you join the organization Viral. or your parents, right. whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is we all know people who have had that fill in the blank break and right. they're nowhere to be seen. Because you do right. have to have unbelievable discipline. And that's what I think most people are missing. And they think, well, yeah. I'm busy every day. So I am, I right. am working every day. It's different. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting, you know, we just came off our event and I did a little exercise on the last day and I said, okay, who's fired up to rock and roll? Who's ready to crush it once we leave here? And of course, everyone, yeah, let's do it. Well, and I said, okay. 
you bring two up to each mic. So we had four mics out, eight people came up and I said, what are you going to do on Monday? And so the person was like, I'm going to reach out to people. Okay. What are you going to say? Um, I'm going like, no one had a great answer. And it's because there's a lot of people that are addicted to learning. Mm. And whereas if you look at the people that actually create success is I'm addicted to learning so that I can execute. And that's the difference. I don't learn to learn. I don't care. There's not a entrepreneur jeopardy that I'm trying out for. Like I learn so that I can execute in the streets. And that's what people are kind of missing. They're learning to learn, to learn, to learn, to learn, to learn. You got to learn and then execute and then you get results. As I say, you've got to limit your learning so that you can begin earning. If you are forever taking new courses and thinking that like, oh yeah, this person's podcast and and this online course and and this seminar, if you're forever doing those things, you have no time to actually focus, put your head down and implement. Each one of those becomes a distraction. And while each one of them might be exceptional, you have to finish. You have to actually right. execute on what it is you've learned or you will not have a return on that investment. I'm glad that we see eye to eye on that. 100%. So let me ask you this. There's a whole bunch of people out there who are doing the do. They're doing the work. They're listening mm-hmm. to their upline, if we're talking about network marketing, and they're sure. following all of the steps that may be corporate or they're maybe less experienced or less successful upline is passing along to them. They're doing all those things. They're burning out. They feel like they're in sales. They don't like that. And they're beginning to think to themselves, you know what? Network marketing isn't for me. What mistake are they making? I think, you know, and sometimes it's a mistake made by their upline, to be honest. So I'll give you three quick examples. So we love those. One, we see a lot of leaders that when they run contests or challenges, it's actually, you know, not intentionally, but it's designed to make the masses not participate. So there's a line that we teach all leaders when it comes to network marketing. You have to keep in mind and you have to guard against. And that is, I can't, why bother? So if you do a contest and it's like, all right, first, second, and third, you're going to get this, this, and this. Well, most people don't believe they can be first, second, or third. Mm. So you would take someone who actually would have done work and they'll say, why bother? Number two, a lot of leaders, because they're five percenters, right? They think like five percenters. They think everyone wants to be million dollar earners, which they do not. And so they operate everything at a 5% level. So when someone comes into the organization and crushes it, so, you know, hey guys, did you see Joe? Joe came in and made 10,000 his first month. I told you this was possible. Well, that actually creates more discouragement than encouragement because the people are like, well, I didn't make 10,000 my first month, right? And so you you got to learn to highlight other stories. You got to learn to highlight slow success stories. Five percenters, you can give them bad instructions and they'll run through a brick wall anyway, right? There'll be an entrance. You say, no, man, you got to dig through that hole. Or, oh, okay, I will. And so a five percenter mm-hmm. with bad instructions will go make money, will go create success. All the rest like they need help. And, but mm-hmm. everything is catered to the five percenter. And so instead, you know, the third tip here is find slow success stories. And so I want to find the stories. I, and I'll give you one awesome one we just had. So we have a group called Rank Makers and a lady came in there, Danielle Tobin. She has been in network marketing. I mean, bless her. This is amazing. She's been in network marketing for 20 years. 
Wow. She has been building rapport. She's been trying all this stuff. She's been connecting, making friends, showing up at the events. She's been doing everything that everyone tells her to do. But with some tweaks, she joined our group five days in. She got her first recruit ever. What? Come on. After 20 years? 20 years. And the whole difference here was the upline had been teaching, you know, go build rapport, go build rapport. Well, go build rapport to a Mm non-influencer is like, go build a small block engine. Mm -hmm. Oh, go just do open heart surgery. Go, go (laughs) build a rocket ship or something. They don't understand it. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? So they either don't do anything or they play patty cake and say, you got a pretty family. Oh, is that a Maltese? Right. They do all this crap (laughs) and never actually ask the question. You know, it's true. You know, it's true. Yeah. Right. Ray, do you intentionally, this is fascinating to me and it, it really does. It boils down to like an emotional IQ, understanding that people need a win and understanding that everyone's at a different stage. Do you create, so you've list for us these three different tiers, if you will, of people who are going to join your downline. And do you specifically go, okay, I want to create something that is going to feel like a win for the 80 percenters? Because we know that the corporate might not give us that strategy, but do you intentionally do that? Amen. We, We hunt for those stories. So when we were building we would hunt for those stories. So our most listened to call, we used to do a team call once a week for our organization. And it actually wasn't a training. It was always a story. And I mean, we had the big dogs on there. We had, you know, here's, you know, whoever making $300,000 a month. Here's, you know, made 20 million. Here's this, this, we would have those on there. Our most listened to call of all time was how my friend Linda, who had been in the company for two years, got her first customer. Now, see, five percenters won't listen to that because like, uh, whatever. But I ain't right. I ain't doing it for them. That's right. right? They're good. Absolutely. They're good. They can rock and roll. They ain't going to take time to listen to that. I'd rather them be producing and getting going, getting recruiting than listening to training anyway. But all the other people, all the others that they don't have a voice, they ain't on stage. No one's edifying them, recognizing them because they're, they're not accomplishing anything. The company's mm-hmm. designed to recognize accomplishment. They're not getting recognized. So when we bust out one of those stories and that's. I mean, we had so many of these stories that we share in our group and we shared at our event. People, they walked away with one word that I heard over and over and over, and that was hope. That's what you're doing. You're Mm -hmm. creating hope for people who have never succeeded, who have, who don't know what they're doing wrong. And they're, and they're frustrated because they only see the rock stars crossing the stage. This is really remarkable. What I see most really successful network marketers doing is leading with the giant house the mm-hmm. tropical vacations, yep. the driveway yep. filled with five white exotic sports cars, yep. <laughs> and the family who their hair is perfect and their outfits match. Yes. In every Instagram <laughs> photo. You're like, what the hell? Do you guys have like a photographer on staff? Right. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> and and I think if what I'm hearing you say is that the average person, not more than the average person, eighty percent of the people who you need to serve are going to be turned off by that. They're going to be discouraged by that because they don't well, see it in the realm of possibilities. Well, there's there's a distinction here. So what you want to guard against mm-hmm. is you got to be really careful sharing fast success stories. They may be the biggest discourager in mm-hmm. the industry. It's all the time because the leaders like see, see guys. Yeah. And, and because to them as a five percenter, that does fire them up. It does get them excited and five percenters are fired up. So you got to be careful with that. Okay. You can share success. I'm not saying, you know, let's all live in, you know, 
disheveled homes and all that stuff. But people are cool with your ups if they're aware of your downs. So when my wife and I were building our, our dream home, and I, I waited for it. I waited for haters. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get some haters on this. I waited for it. But because I shared my downs every time I did a video. So I'm like, hey, here's the pool. It's going to be Infinity Edge. It's on the lake and all this stuff. Every time I shared like you know pictures or a video of the home being built, I also shared, hey, it's hard to believe. I mean, just a few years ago, I was in foreclosure, dead broke, chased mm. by bill collectors, feeling right. like a loser, depressed, drinking all the time. And so like, they're cool with your ups if you're aware of your downs. Mm. And so if you have a fast success story, then I would just suggest digging. I would just like, before you go, look at what they did. And so like the comparison would be, hey, congratulations to Joe, made $10,000 this first month. Isn't Joe amazing? Right. And a couple people will golf clap. But if I said, hey, guys, I got something to tell you, you know, I got uh, there's someone that joined our organization that, you know, his teachers told him he would never make it. He was dyslexic. And this guy was born on the wrong side of the tracks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he got beat up as a kid in middle school, pushed down the stairs. And, you know, this guy, you know, he tried to do this other thing. He went dead broke, but he came into this company and he's now at ten thousand dollars a month. See, now you're rooting for Joe. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, Joe. Awesome, man. Wow. If he can do it, maybe I can. And so you just got to put a little bit extra intelligence in there of if you're going to share ups, you got to share the downs. Can you give me an example or listeners an example of a promotion, a contest, a challenge that yeah. might appeal to that 80% or that person who's totally. you know not inspired by the big bucks? Totally. So the big money in network marketing is not squeezing more out of five percenters. Like there are tricks and there's, you know, psychological things you can do to make that happen. But the big money is getting a lot of people to do a little. And so when we would run a contest, we would actually split it into two. So we would do what's called a pre-contest. So pre-contest might be, I go to the organization and I say, hey, next week, we're going to run a killer contest with awesome prizes. It's going to be a lot of fun. All you got to do to participate, bring in one sale. Now, I don't tell them what the prizes are. I don't tell them what's on the other side. All I'm saying is if you want to play, get one sale. Mm -hmm. Now, it will be successful before you even run the contest. And you will have people that you swear you read their obituary. You swear you even attended their funeral. (laughs) And all of a sudden they got a sale. You're like, what? Nancy? Nancy, I thought you died years ago. This is crazy. And so they all want to participate and they believe they can get one sale. So you'll have people that haven't done anything. And, you know, we've had clients do this and we've had clients of five years, seven years. They do this. They have their biggest month ever. And it's awesome. So then we go into the contest. So I'll do seven days of a pre-contest. I will talk about it in the group, like if you have a team group, assuming. And so I'll talk all about it. We'll talk about the pre-contest. We'll highlight people that hit it. Yay, Nancy got a sale, way to go. And so we, we get them all excited. Then for the contest, I'll put those people into a separate group. Because I don't want to talk about the contest in the group to people who didn't qualify because, you know, there's no reason to rub it in their face. Hey, these people are winning something you can't even enter. And mm-hmm. so we'll put them in a separate group and we'll do a few things. So one, we will have a first, second and third, but that's not where we'll stop. So first, second and third is often like, you know, dinner with us at the next event and maybe maybe some cash or something like that. Nothing too crazy because then you're not duplicatable. Like I know some leaders that give away cars or $10,000. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you're actually creating sabotage because your leaders don't feel they could give that away. So you're actually hurting yourself by giving huge prizes. But what we'll do is we'll say, 
do X get Y? So first, second, and third, and then, hey, but, you know, first, second, third is there, which most people don't believe they can hit. And then we'll say, but tell you what, if you get just two sales, you'll get on exclusive training. So we'll pick a prize that is not a cost, like an interview, like a training, like a special exclusive Zoom or Hangout. And if they get two, they win that. And so all we're trying to do is get a lot of people doing a little. So you'll have, you know, 50 people that would never, I've heard it all the way up to a thousand people that would never have won anything in a first, second, and third format and never would have even ran for it, but they want to qualify for that special training just to say they did. And so that's how we run pre-contests and contests. That's brilliant. I think people are really going to take some, I, I mean, I'm not in network marketing and I'm sure. taking, I've got some great takeaways from that how I can use that even to motivate my own students. Because sometimes totally. sometimes the big success is a little too intimidating. Sure. You have been with. Affiliate, you, can use, you can use that in an affiliate contest too. So you could say, oh, for sure. um, you know, get, get three sales, you get some extra bonus or something. Yeah. And we have been there. It's just funny how yeah. there's certain things where it's like you hear it positioned a new way and you're like, I never even thought about applying it in this realm. Yeah. You've been with, 11 different network marketing <laughs> organizations. And I have to say, I've got friends who are in a variety of network marketing organizations. We have students inside MIA from every organization you can think of. Sure. And most of them whom I've had conversations with are like, yeah, I don't know that I would ever do this again. Like even if they're pretty successful, they're like, yeah, I don't know that I would keep going if this went away. Mm -hmm. So. Two things. Number one, mm -hmm. should we plan on it going away? Number two, mm -hmm. what is it that has allowed you to move from one to another and not feel like, oh man, am I losing credibility that now I've, I'm with an, yet another organization? Okay. So the whole 11, mm -hmm. right? So from 2006 to 2009, I was in nine. <laughs> right. Wow. And so like 2000 and I was just like, I thought, cause I didn't understand it. I was thinking like a marketer and a marketer kind of thinks like, what can I sell? Right. Mm. Most, most marketers, yes. not all like, yes. like I got a trench coat. Oh, you want juice? You want travel? You want greeting cards? You want this? <laughs> right. And it's, so it's like, and I had this discussion with, with Russell Brunson years ago, where you think transactionally, like most marketers, they think transactionally, what's my earnings per click? What's my, you know, cost per lead? What's this, this, this. And you don't realize it's actually, it's different in network marketing. And this is why we don't suggest if you have big income goals, like over a quarter million a year, not to do more than one at a time, but it's more community. It's more like would, would you be a pastor of a Baptist church and a, you know, Nazareth, right? Like, 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 you know, it, it's different because the congregation would be like, well, dude, isn't this one good enough? Like, what, how come he's over there? And they, you know, some people may not like that analogy, but it's actually kind of true because, you know, people, if you're in multiple at the same time, it's, mm -hmm. it's a little tricky. So I was in multiple, like during that period where I just didn't understand culture, I didn't understand community. I, I didn't understand the business. I thought it was transactional. I thought, oh, you don't like juice? Let me sell you this. I understand. And, and so when I got serious, which was July 15, 2009, and joined that company, when I was in foreclosure, dead broke, million dollars in debt, 
I had to eat some crow. I went to some of my warm market and say, Hey, I'm doing this thing. And they're like, Oh, you're in another one. huh? Mm -hmm. How long are you going to be in this one? I'm like, Oh, thanks. And so I think the big key there is if you have had to make a move and you're in a different company is just don't be addicted to acceptance, approval, agreement, or support. And so I told them, I said, listen, I'm gonna do it with or without you. I'd love to do it with you. If you're open to a great, if not, no big deal. I didn't require their acceptance, approval, agreement, or support. And I just prospected more people. I just mm. talked to more people. And then I was in that company and that that company merged into another company. So I actually never left. From 2009, I actually never left that okay. team. But then in 2016, we did retire from actively building Solar Spot, and we started focusing on coaching and training the industry, keynoting at companies and, you know, and things like that. Perfect. Which leads me to that my, answer your question. It does. Thank you. Okay. All it right. leads me to my next question, which is the selling of your network marketing business. Now, mm-hmm. I assume that there are many organizations that don't allow that. Is that your understanding? Most companies that I've seen have criteria and it kind of makes sense. And by the way, just to address something that applies to this and also applies to earlier, you got to understand most people that join network marketing are, are hairdressers, soccer moms, substitute teachers. Like they don't have business sales experience. And that's why they're usually so terrible at prospecting and sales. Mm-hmm. That's usually why they're leading with hype because they haven't been trained anything else. Like give them a break. Amen. Like these full-time entrepreneurs are like, they don't talk the way I talk because I'm a professional. Well, yeah, you've been studying it forever. They have not. Like without this, they wouldn't be in business. So like, let's give them a little bit of space here. But, you know, it's something that if you don't, understand that, then you're going to judge it harshly. So some companies will have criteria. So you have to be at a certain income or a certain rank because you already have people that maybe aren't trained in sales that tend to hype things already. Mm -hmm. And if they're selling a position, that gets even trickier. Mm -hmm. And so most companies I've seen, you have to be at a certain level, you know, to be able to sell it or transfer it. But I've seen most companies, they have that kind of rule. So yeah. Excellent. I want to ask you, what is one of the biggest mistakes successful marketers make? I would say not understanding money. I would say Mm. not understanding and thinking about the energy of money. So I remember when I, you know, I respected money after I lost it all. (laughs) (laughs) Can you feel my virtual high five? (laughs) You know, like I need, I needed that. I needed that punch to the gut because I thought, man, I'm killing in real estate. I'm flipping all these houses, all this money's coming in and dang, I'm a genius. And so I was investing (laughs) in all these stupid things that I wasn't doing the research on. I wasn't doing due diligence on, which all lost money. And I got Mm. completely wiped out. Now, when we started to gain it back, I still had that that like limping muscle memory from losing it all. Mm. So I was like, I don't want to spend any money at all. And I remember the week before we got married in 2011, I mean, we were killing it. We were making, I don't know exactly, but hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. But I was like, I was like, I was so nervous because my wife who has been by my side for so long. And and she was actually paying my utility bills when I was dead broke. She was there when I was in foreclosure. And so like, you know, just get a sugar mama guys. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. What's the problem here? But um, seriously, she was taking care of me and I wanted to spoil her. Like that was one of my life's missions of climbing back into success. And so I booked like a just gangster honeymoon in Fiji and for two weeks, it was awesome. 
But I'm telling you, I was so wrecked from how much it cost. Mm -hmm. Like it cost more than I made in 2009. And so like I'm working my face off and she thinks I'm stressed out. Like the wedding is stressing me out. I ain't stressed out. I'm stressed over the money we spent. Mm -hmm. I spent on the honeymoon. And so understanding money. And so like everyone on here, regardless of how many businesses you have, you have at least two because you have your business you make money with and you have your money business and you got to treat your money business like a business. And so we have an investment account. We have a giving account. There is no investment that I've ever located that gets a better return on your investment than investing yourself if you're an executor. So for example, earlier this year, I hired a guy hundred grand for six hours. Mm -hmm. And that first two hours, I guarantee you will make me $10 million. Mm -hmm. And so like, there is no return like that anywhere, but like actively taking your money. Cause I know a lot of former top income earners that are dead broke. So I would say you got to manage your money. You got to think about how am I setting up an empire that will not crumble and having access to capital and, and, you know, building up your resources and then also advertising, you know, like we spend a lot of money in advertising because it's like, how do I get more attention? How do I get more eyeballs? And so we look to constantly up that increase. I'm not looking for what's the lowest cost per lead. I'm looking for how many darn leads can I get and like how many people can I get in front of? And so just a very different relationship with money than most people have. Most people are trying to, you know, they make money and then they try to, you know, save it. And you're not going to save yourself to, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Like you got to invest it. You got to get it to work. You got to, you know, get the right team around you, get the right coaches around you. And, and then you can do some really cool stuff. That's right. Scared money don't make money. But you also you can't go. just, as I like to say, you can't just spend the money and expect, well, I've spent the money on the mentor. I've bought the, <laughs> right. the course. Right. I've paid for the advertising and I'm not afraid to spend money, but I'm losing money. And that's when you're spending without doing your due diligence, like spend it freely, but not until such time that you've really done a thorough, deep dive researching. I mean, the the gentleman or or female that you met with that you spent $100,000 on six hours, I guarantee that you did so much homework before deciding on that individual so that you knew you would get the return. You know... I agree with you. I think for me, the biggest thing is I knew I would do the work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. You know, a lot of people are looking for, and I'll tell you, the higher you go up in coaching, the less they actually do for you. (laughs) Isn't that true? They teach you how to think. Yeah. Like that's what they do. And then you use that new thinking process and you go do stuff. Like, you know, that coach, he didn't do anything. I mean, he didn't write an email or write copy or do anything. He's just like, here's how to think, dude, you're thinking this way, you need to think this way. And so, you know, like, that's something people, you got to believe in yourself that you're going to do the work. It isn't magic. Mm -hmm. Ray, I've had the opportunity to see a whole bunch of your videos, listen to podcast interviews in preparation (laughs) for this interview today. The one thing that I, I hear you say over and over again, which I think is true, regardless of whether you're in network marketing or any form of business for that matter, is to understand the value of your Mm. personal brand. What does that look like? And what mistakes are people making who are doing, let's not even talk about network marketing. Just Mm -hmm. generally speaking, if I'm doing what someone else is doing, right? Like there's competition out Mm there. Sure. What is the number one mistake people are making when it comes to personal branding? 
Yeah, I think, you know, for me, the, the biggest mistake around personal branding is focusing so much on yourself versus my job is to solve the problems of my people. Mm-hmm. My job is to make their lives easier. That's it. That's what I wake up thinking. That's what I go to bed thinking. That's what I focus on. Every ounce of training is how do I make their lives easier? How do I help them? How do I solve their problems? What is stopping them? And so when people struggle with their brand and struggle with their value, they're usually trying to prop themselves up in a way. And I would suggest a better way Mm -hmm. is go solve 10 people's problems and have them sing about you, have them talk about you, highlight them and interview them give them exposure. And then all of a sudden, it's not that your brand is perfect with the perfect you know, anagram or the perfect brand mark or the perfect mm-hmm. colors or whatever. It's that, hey, this person helps me. This person solves problems because it's just so powerful when you focus on them. What are they struggling with? Are they struggling with love handles? Are they struggling with split ends? Are they struggling with, you know, how to do proper videos or Instagram? Like, how do you make their lives easier? And then your brand. I mean, I remember when we first started attempting to do like sales funnels and things like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have funnel experts look at our stuff and be like, dude, this is ugly. Like, Mm -hmm. this is terrible. But we were making millions of dollars. And they're like, I can't believe And you know why? It's because our audience was so forgiving because Mm -hmm. we helped them so much. Mm -hmm. It didn't have to be flashy. It didn't have to be perfect. It didn't have to have, you know, amazing, you know, supermodels on the cover or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was just they trusted us and we solved their problems. And so too many people focus on the look of their brand Mm -hmm. versus the actual, what does it do? Why Mm -hmm. should I listen to you? How do you help me? And so I I would say focus more on that and get the right people around you to make it pretty and, and all that. But focus first on value, on solving people's problems. If I'm in network marketing or I have my own product or service that I offer, do I need to focus or should I say, is it a mistake to focus exclusively on how my product solves a problem for you? I see a lot of new students in the Marketing Impact Academy, and, and when I audit their mm-hmm. social media, it's so obvious that the only mm-hmm. mission they have is to sell. Yeah. They just want to sell right. me their stuff. And it's just countless images of them holding their product, right. talking about their right. product by name specifically product shots, everything like their life revolves around this product. And I think it's not attractive. What is it that you teach people to do when it comes to network marketing and having a product that, you know, that product does solve a service, but at the same time, where's that balance? Yeah. So I forget what year, I think it was 2013, but someone sent me a screenshot from Google AdWords and it said the search volume for what MLM is Ray Higdon in was 1300 people a month. (laughs) <laughs> that's because cool. I didn't I didn't say I didn't say the name I didn't say the name of the product I didn't say the name of the company because when you say the name of the company or the name of the brand all you do is you enable everyone watching to become an independent researcher and they're going to go and look at three websites Amazon eBay and Google mm-hmm. and they ain't going to be friendly they're mm-hmm. going to find something that's cheaper they're going to find a bad review from some blogger in North Dakota they're going to find negativity because that's what gets clicks and the media knows that and so does Google and so I would rather them have me be the gatekeeper them not know exactly what I do so that I can have a conversation 
And some people, they think, you know, well, there's plenty of people online. I'll just throw it up there. That's not how it works. And so instead of this one step, people are trying to post their sales page, their join page and all that jazz. Instead of one step, two step. Have a conversation, have a Facebook Live on, you know, whatever, seven-day meal plan to get in bikini body shape, whatever, right? So do something that people are attracted to, that want to tune into, and then suggest to them, hey, reach out to me if you want some more tips. I'm happy to share them with you. When they do, you just have a conversation. Hey, tell me about your weight loss journey. Tell me about what you're doing for your skincare. Hey, what have you been doing to make extra money on social media? Have a conversation and then say, well, I got something. I can share it with you if you'd like. If you're open to it, here you go. If not, don't worry about it. And so make things two-step. Don't be so obvious of what company, what product, because people don't care. They care about how does it help them, not what you have for sale. Mm. And so I think, you know, we hammer that. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, companies sometimes don't understand that because they mm-hmm. think that we're like anti-company. We're not anti-company. No. I want the company to have to create new ranks because of us. I want yeah. them to say, holy crap, everyone's making so much money. We need to create new ranks. And so we want people to crush it in their company, but you're not showing loyalty by pasting your stuff about your company. You show loyalty by producing And if you want to produce more, then have more conversations and attract more people to you. Use attraction marketing and don't just be spamming your stuff on there. It assumes too much. You don't know if someone's ready to buy the product or not, but if you have a conversation, you can find that out. Curiosity is highest when we know a little and it is non-existent when we know everything, when we know the name, the price, what it does, then curiosity is non-existent. And that is the cornerstone of what we teach, which is curiosity marketing. And and really that's the cornerstone of marketing is curiosity, right? Like that's the cornerstone of great copywriting and it's the cornerstone of relationships. You know, you wanna get to know someone and there's nothing to know if you've put it all out there. I wanna address something that I've never asked before, but to me it feels Uh like the elephant in the room. And that is, you know, so many of these network marketing organizations seem to be predominantly female. Yet Mm -hmm. I have had the good fortune of meeting some really incredibly successful people who have built their brands and built multi-million dollar businesses using Mm -hmm. network marketing and their own personal brand. And a lot of them are like a disproportionate number of them are guys. So two questions. Number one, what's up with that? Number two, (laughs) if I am a dude thinking about network marketing and I see that all of the people who are in this organization are women. Is there a place for me? Great question. So, you know, we have like our group, we have about 15,000 in there. And it is the last time I checked Facebook, it was 86% women. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that transparency. Well, there's definitely more women in network marketing, no question. But I mean, I have one of our clients, Jason, he is in a shampoo company. And he crushes it. And so like, I, I, I know I know guys in all kinds of different, like some companies are admittedly more female-based. I think, sure. I think most people would say essential oils are more, more female-friendly, I think. There are definitely companies that are more female-based. But you know, there are always examples of, of guys in most of those companies that do just fine. I think that the reason I believe, right, and I, hopefully I'm not triggering anyone here, but the reason I believe that there's more women in there is I do think that a lot of stay-at-home moms are just trying to make some extra money. 
And, you know, they get attracted to this kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so there's a, a lot of women that get started not to make a million dollars, but to have mom care, not daycare. And community, I think, is a powerful draw. Yeah, for sure. They like that. It's like, you know, there are more women or guys in book clubs, I prob probably more women because they're, they're smarter when it comes to community. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, that combination, I like what you said of community. And I think you know, there's a lot of stay-at-home moms and, and people like that that want to build this business. The fact is the majority of people that join network marketing are doing it and start on a part-time basis. And this is something like if you look at the stats of other options, there are 750,000 Uber drivers in the United States alone. They make an average of 80 to $300 a month. I think that if you talk to those people and you made it simple, I think they'd rather stay at home with their family. Than, yeah. than, you know, have the drunk person in their backseat at no 3 a.m. in the morning or whatever. And so, like, we see this as such a dynamic and awesome industry that serves so many people that would never get into business if it wasn't for this kind of option. Random thought. Do you know of any organization that is predominantly men? There are. I've seen, I think, insurance. There mm -hmm. are some insurance network marketing companies. It does seem to me. There's also one. Oh, man, there's a uh, Metro planning is a like an appraiser insurance kind of thing. And mm -hmm. that's definitely mainly guys, too. Mm -hmm. There are some out there. Yeah. Does a guy have, you know, if such a small, not small, it's as you said, it's not non-existent, but it's definitely a smaller percentage of sure. people who become network marketers are men. Do they have an advantage because of that? And if so, how can they play it to their advantage? Well, do they have an advantage? I mean, I think naturally guys are usually a little often harder drivers and that actually is a bad thing. Like I, I know a lot more guys, although I do know some women that treat their network marketing team like a sales team. And that's just not the way to do it. You need to think more like a gym, right? So if I, if I go to the gym and I do five minutes on the road machine and then get my 2200 peanut butter, banana, chocolate, you know, shake and walk out. The gym owner says, way to go, buddy. And I selfie on Instagram, right? He doesn't stop me and say, hey, how come you didn't do any deadlifts or anything? <laughs> and so like a lot of guys, I, I, I see more guys that break that hard driver rule of let me treat everyone like a, this is a sales team and okay. you're in a boiler room and, and that sort of thing. So guys, I, I, although again, I've seen a lot of hard driving women too that also sure. treat their team that way. I think community-wise, love-wise, energy-wise, women do have an advantage, but there are plenty of guys. I mean, my buddy Jeff, I mean, he's generated over $100 million in network marketing commissions. There's, there's definitely some dudes that have done well in, in network marketing, but I think just energetically, I, I do think women do have an advantage. And I'll even say something that'll be weird, and that is I think introverts have an advantage in network marketing. And How I know that so? sounds weird. No. Yeah. That sounds counterintuitive. Ray, explain yourself. Yes. So if I, you know, male or female, if I'm an extrovert and I'm good at sales, good at personality, good at charisma, just awesome. People love me. People don't think they can be me. Mm -hmm. If I'm an introvert, then I'm going to be more coachable to use the tools. And so when I got started in network marketing, I mean, I've done a lot of speaking. I've done a lot of sales. I've done all kinds of different things that people don't have that kind of experience that I have. And so when I first started doing it, I'm like, my presentation's better than the company video. I'm just going to do my presentation and bada bing. But I heard it over and over and over. Yeah, you can do it. I can't. Mm -hmm. It was when I actually started pointing to 
tools and videos like, hey, you know, this will help you. This will do a better job than I could. Just watch that. And by the way, you could use that too. When I started relying more on tools, I got way more duplication. And so an introvert naturally is like, how do I get out of talking? Because being a great talker, being a conversationalist, being persuasive, having charisma, you're a small percentage of the population. And most people don't think they'll look up to you, they'll like you, they'll follow you, but they don't think they can be you. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're someone, and I witnessed this in the first company I was with, we had a, uh, there was a trainer or a speaker and she would do these presentations. And when she first started, I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like I got, I got all my people here. This is terrible. She's like, hello, today we're going to start. By just, just like monotone, just not exciting. But then when she shared that she was an Emerald and that's an average of $180,000 a year, every single person in the room signed up because they're like, if she can do it, I can do it. And so like, there's power in not being the extrovert, charisma, personality, there, there's actually power in this. Now, that's unlike every other profession. If you're a mm. chiropractor, I'm going to tell you, be an expert, be credible, be amazing, go do kick butt presentations, because you're not trying to get everyone else to be a chiropractor. Yes. Same with realtor, same with personal trainer, same with all that stuff. But in network marketing, the real money is getting thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands to believe they can do what you do. And that's where residual and the freedom is. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen uh, really successful network marketing organizations where because of who they were and who they associated with and their job, for example, in fitness, and mm -hmm. for example, they, you know, their first group of really successful downline were also super beautiful fitness instructors. Right. And, and that created some problems right. because others thought, well, you know, do I need to be a fitness instructor who looks like that? and can speak publicly like that to be successful. And it took some education. And you know, we do this too with our own case studies. I'm always very careful to make certain that the person who needs this, they can see themselves in the case studies that we're sharing. So that it, it's not like awe-inspiring, right. but it's like, oh, exactly. that's so, that's me. That is literally if me. If they can do it, I can do it, yeah. yeah. Ray, this has been super helpful. I know that you- awesome. You are the guy who, when someone doesn't have an upline, when someone hasn't learned some of these things, you are their go-to. So tell us more for someone who's, first of all, interested in becoming, moving through the ranks and improving sure. them, themselves as a network marketer, and maybe they're not getting exactly what they need from their upline or they want more. How can they learn more? And what's the best way to sure. get in touch with you? Yeah. So... Two years ago, in a few months, we started a group called Rank Makers, and I believe it or not, I go live in there every single day, I give an action step in a training, and we have accountability and tracking. Since early 2018, we've helped network marketers bring in over 148,000 new customers, 36,000 new reps, and achieve 6,868 new rank advances. And so that is the group that I would suggest if you, you know, need help with skills as far as you know, social media, as far as follow-up, closing, prospecting, that sort of thing. And that's at rankmakers.com. Okay. And, you know, we just, you know, we love, we love the industry. We love it because it represents such a wide amount of everyday, ordinary people that are just trying to improve their life. And so we just, we love being a part of it. Great. And is that a one-time fee? Is that a membership? Is that a, a course? Yeah, that is a monthly membership. It's uh, 20 bucks a month and there's no contract. And we tell people if it's not the best 
training you've ever had for network marketing, just ask for your money back. We're more than happy to do that. We have about 15,000 people in there and we just have a blast. And so it's a lot of fun, a lot of great culture, community and bonuses and things like that. So we'd love to see some peeps in there. People talk endlessly about the event that you put on annually. And I know you just came Uh, off of it. Next year, you're anticipating it happening again in the fall? Yes. We are still going back and forth between a couple locations and a couple hotels, but I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I was going to try to twist your arm to see if you would come. I would love that. I'd love to be there. Oh, that's awesome. We do not have the date just yet. Mm-hmm. Is there a place where I can get on the wait list or on part of a newsletter so I can learn more? Yeah, this is a great question. You're amazing. Uh, rankmakerslive.com. Okay, rankmakerslive.com. And of course, if I'm speaking there, you guys will hear about it from me as well. Because I think yeah. these kinds of events are, are really, really important, especially when you are in, I say this all the time, network marketing. If you're only surrounding yourself with distributors who are doing exactly the same thing, it's really hard to be exposed to those out-of-the-box, creative new ways of approaching what you're doing. It's not that you don't love network marketing. You have just maybe lost the passion because you're repeating the same thing over and over again. Right. It's not working. you got to get around new people, new energy, new ideas, and bring it back to life. Amen. Ray, thank you so much for being a guest here today. I really appreciate your time. I look forward to having you on again. Yes, thank you, and thanks for all you do. You are awesome. Thanks, Ray. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. I wanted to mention a tool that I think you're going to find incredibly useful, especially if you struggle sometimes to know what your purpose is. What is your thing? Like, what are you called to do? Why are you here? What makes you great? What makes you unique? You know what? I think you're too close to yourself to actually even see it. I think if we asked a lot of your friends and family members, they would know. But I want you to know it. I want you to declare it. I want you to see it. So I've developed this really simple questionnaire. You just download it. It's kind of like a quiz, but you're going to know all the answers to this quiz because it's a quiz about you. And when you complete it right there in your own handwriting, it's going to be perfectly clear to you what your thing is. So do me a favor. No, do you a favor and download this questionnaire. You can get it for free by going to shaleen.com forward slash my thing. And then answer the questions and I want to hear from you. Send me an Instagram message and let me know, like, what is your thing? I'm really excited to hear. And I know you will be too. It can be life-changing and clarity providing to know what your thing is. The same answers are going to come up over and over again when you fill out this questionnaire. It's going to be so obvious to you. And it's going to give you that boost in confidence that maybe you've been missing. All right, again, shaleen.com forward slash my thing. And I am really excited for you to do this.